Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So about Michael Jordan, how are you going to hear from outside the finals? You can't even get in. Hello, we are the Basketball Addicts, and I am Jason Collins. Now I'm Christopher And we are calling this podcast the Mid-Season Temperature Check. This is a reaction. (laughs) This is a reaction to all of the crazy moves that happened at the trade deadline, all the buyouts, and what we think about teams so far halfway through the season. Wait, Jason. You forgot one. And all the bullshit, like, <laughs> what the hell happened? What happened? You know the stepbrothers part where they was like, what the hell happened? That's what I'm looking at the NBA like right now. Like, what the hell happened? Like, you see all these, like, trades going on, and you're like, wow, like, these teams getting better. Then all of a sudden, you look at Brooklyn, and you're like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> Dude, they have everybody on that team. <laughs> Look, we couldn't get Kobe and Chris Paul, but they have Kyrie, James Harden, KD, LaMarcus DeAndre Aldridge, and Blake Griffin, and Joe Lord. Harris, Spencer Diddley, Jeff Green on the bench. <laughs> they have a center, a young center named Clax. Last name is Clax. is pretty nice, too. A- athletic guy. They're stacked. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> In the words of Supreme Dreams... When he was talking about LeBron James, I know you probably all seen that um, that new video that he just dropped. I'm 36. <laughs> LeBron is 36. He's 36 in the year 17. Year 17. We finally had a completely balanced NBA. <laughs> we had dynamic duos everywhere. It was balanced. Yes. It was a yes. balanced NBA. It was. It was fun to watch. He was like, you don't know who's going to win because it's all balanced out. But of course, you had LeBron over everybody, but mm-hmm. it was balanced. You had seven-game series. Now we're going to see blowouts. Who's going to beat this team? It's just like watching the Golden State Warriors again with Kevin Durant. It's just impossible. The, the thing is, this is the oddness of that, that KD team. At least that KD team had an equally bad bench compared to how phenomenal their starting lineup is. They go nine deep, Chris. It's insane. They're pre- they're they're gonna bring Blake Griffin and Lamarcus Aldridge off the bench. Joe Harris is probably gonna start for four four split spacing. What the heck? How does that even work? How does that even? Oh my goodness! How is this yeah. okay? Come on, Adam Silver. You had one job, and it was to stop all the shit from happening. <laughs> you let it happen. David Stern would never. <laughs> David Stern would rig the NBA to at least get some balance. 
exactly something like listen for all the shit you just put LeBron through, you just gotta give him you gotta mm-hmm. give him somebody. I don't you gotta give him somebody like you gave him Andre Drummond, Andre Drummond. I mean, he's a great rebounder and a good defender. He'll be a lob threat, so he does offer those things, but but it's not like it. He's not KD. He's not mm-hmm. Kyrie. He's not yes. James Harden. Blake Griffin hasn't dunked in how many in how many games? And he dunked. Like is he turning <laughs> he back time? Nice and then you have Lamarcus Aldridge. You think you have Lamarcus Aldridge now? Like yeah, he hasn't been the greatest. But listen, if Blake Griffin is dunking now, you tell me what Lamarcus Aldridge is about to do. He might start shooting threes out of nowhere. And Lamarcus Aldridge has one of those old man games since he got in the league. Like he doesn't jump high or do a lot. It's all skill post fadeaway pick and pop game. That's all he does. Like. Is he's he's gonna be still good? Those post are insane. The LeBron gets injured, <laughs> and this is what they do to him. <clears throat> Come on now, I was looking at this okay. tweet on Twitter, right? Since we're talking about mm-hmm. midseason temperature check, and it basically read like LeBron James is thirty six years old. <laughs> And since he came into the league, every team since 2007 has been built to beat him. When he took a piece of paper, a lotion bottle, some keys, and a hairbrush to the finals, plus Mo Williams. (laughs) (laughs) The Celtic, the 2008 Big Three Celtics Mm -hmm. was born the next year. Think about that for a second. And then he went, so he didn't start the super team. The super team was started yes. to beat LeBron. The Boston Celtics were the sur- first super team, especially when you add Rondo into that mix. And the young Rondo was really nice. Oh he my was an all star, legit. Yes, it was a big four. They had a good bench too. Baby Davis was pretty nice when he was younger. They had Tony Allen coming off the bench. Yeah, I forget who else. Come Can on, you now. like he's thirty six. He's 36. Year 17. Come on, Katie. You made this tweet a while ago when you joined the uh, before you joined the um, Ghost State Warriors. He was like, "How about we start trying to beat these teams <laughs> instead of joining them?" And then you did that cupcake move and joined the Warriors. Now you talking about how am I going to lead a team by myself? Yeah. And then you get Lamarcus Aldridge. Like, are we going to ever hold KD to the same standard that we hold LeBron? Like, LeBron, as soon as LeBron be like, dag, I want somebody to pass the ball to who can hit an open shot. We're like, oh, my God, LeBron. Are you pussy or something? Yeah. <laughs> That's immediately what everybody goes to. Oh, yes. my God, he's asking for everything. Like, Coach James. But Co- KD gets everything he wants. And we're just like, you know what? This is pretty much, this is equal. This is, this is yes. exactly what he should have. And nobody bats an eye. Nobody bats an eye. How... If, if we're going to hold KD to the same standard we do with LeBron, and I hate to make this LeBron podcast, but this will be a LeBron podcast for the next couple of minutes. Because how if we go hold LeBron's, I mean, KD to the same standard we hold LeBron and call him possible the greatest, one of the greatest players of all time, possibly, or future greatest player of all time. If he's going to be added to that list, shouldn't we say like, damn, mm-hmm. like how many, how many more players do you need? How many more players do you need? <laughs> Are we going to hold him to the same standard that we hold LeBron to? Because yeah. LeBron gets shitted on if he asks somebody to pass the ball to. If he doesn't have it, yes, he had Drew Anderson Varejao. It's just <laughs> Drew Gooden. It's Drew Nagauskas. <laughs> Booby Gibson. Demario Moon. 
I feel like we remembered <laughs> new players from those terrible it. Cavs teams every day. <laughs> Larry Hughes had a minute. Yes. J.J. Hickson. Yep. Yeah, Larry Hughes, J.J. Hickson. Uh, out of the league. Where's J.J. Hickson at right now? Please let me know. <laughs> out of the league. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, how, many, how much more help, Katie, do you need? Like, I know you're not orchestrating these trades yourself, but, like, damn, like, you was like, there's a chance that 36-year-old LeBron James in year 17 could possibly beat Kyrie, mm. Harden, and KD. So let's just add Blake Griffin to the mix, who was a past all-star. <laughs> Wait a second. That's not enough. Let's get LaMarcus Aldridge <laughs> at a veteran minimum. Like, where are you getting all this fucking money from? Please let me know. <laughs> we are in the middle of a pandemic. Aren't you passing luxury tax? Adam Silver, please do your job. Please. I'm, I'm begging you. Please do your job. Like, oh my gosh. Think about this for a second. They are, listen, they're pulling money out their ass at this point. How are you paying Kyrie Harden and KD? How? Uh, he, you, Joe, Joe Harris, Harris is, is getting, getting pennies right now, and he's okay with million it. Dollar deal. <laughs> 72. $2 million. Uh, 70, oh, okay. Okay. Somebody's getting pennies and they're okay with it. They're just like, I'm I just sure want to go along really for the ride. deep in the luxury tax. <laughs> deep in it? God I'm damn it, sure they got their whole damn hand in it. Like, that's that Russian owner up that to said their... he would spend a bunch of money and stuff like that in the past, so it makes sense. Listen, they're up to their eyes in gold right now. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously, like, yo, how much money do you have over there? And why have why has nobody even mentioned the fact that they have three current all stars and two past all stars on the same team, and nobody's even batting an eye? They're like, it's all good, it's all good, it's all good. Meanwhile. LeBron hit the headlines for wanting Anthony Davis on his team. You know something very scary, though? (laughs) Before LaMarcus Aldridge got traded, I mean, not got traded, got bought out, I was going to talk about how the Nets are far and away the best team in the NBA. Even without Kevin Durant, I thought they would be Mm -hmm. NBA championship team. Now, let, let me tell you why. I hate to admit it. So, when you think about James Harden, what people don't understand is because his assist the stats are so gaudy that people try to diminish his passing ability. But he is a top five passer in the league, in my opinion. Mm. It's not even just, yes, it's not even just the pick and Harden. roll the lob threats that we're used to seeing. It's not just the collapsing the defense and kicking it to the corner that we're used to seeing. He is making good basketball passes and making, like, guy coming off a pin-down screen, like the Clay Thompson, the Reggie Miller type stuff that they run for Joe Harris and him making a really nice pass, him making the extra pass to Joe Harris or shooters to the wing or trying to set up Kyrie. Like, he is completely maximized right now as a passer. And where I'm getting at is he's had guys like Chris Paul in the past 
Now, the pairing of Chris Paul and James Harden doesn't make sense because James Harden's going to have the ball more and he needs to be a passer. So when you have Chris Paul, who is a passer too, and you're making mm-hmm. James Harden is unnaturally going to be the passer, who's going to score? Chris Paul's going to have to score and be a scorer. So if Chris Paul is scoring, who's getting everybody else right. involved? He's completely diminishing that, that skill. Uh, Kyrie Irving doesn't want to pass the ball. Kyrie Irving just wants to score all the time. It doesn't matter. So their skill sets so- and the way they play the game meshes so unbelievably well, Chris. It's amazing when you watch them on the court together. It is extremely scary. And that's that's where I was going to go with. And you add KD to this equation? <clears throat> what? It's just not... It's not a competition. They they are going to win the NBA championship, and in my opinion, James Harden is a top five passer in the league right now. <laughs> He's also a top five flopper, but <laughs> no. But on a serious note, though, like that makes complete sense because if you look back at that Houston Rockets team when James, not James Harden, but when Chris Paul was injured for a couple games and James Harden had to take one of the point guard role and we never it was his first time seeing him slip into that mm-hmm. role. They were the most effective when he, he is, had the ball on his hand. I know you don't like James Harden as much as me, but I view James Harden as a phenomenal top I honestly I might have him three in the NBA right now if I had to rank players he would be that's that's kinda I might have him three. Three? Yes. I'm telling you. <clears throat> Harden? He could literally do everything. It's just he doesn't look like a top three player in the league because he's not dunking over everybody. <clears throat> so that's... Because <laughs> he's too busy falling over so everybody. That's the, uh, <laughs> that's the Brooklyn Nets. So uh, we'll get into other trade news. We can hit uh, those teams as we go past it. So... We'll talk about the the Lakers. What do you think about the Lakers so far? Yeah. Uh, the Lakers? They're on their deathbed, it seems like. I mean, yeah, the Andre Drummond trade was like, okay. Like, I guess it makes you a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you're already small with Anthony Davis because he can get up and down the floor. And he's not. He can stretch the floor as well, but... I mean, I don't really see the. I mean, I guess I'll wait. Welcome him to the mm-hmm. Lakers. Like, welcome Andre Drummond to the Lakers. But that's it. Like, that's all you guys did. Is that it? Is that everything? There's nothing else. Meanwhile, everybody sounded like Victor Oladipo to yes. me. He's underrated, yes. and he wasn't the Heat. So like that made that team better. Gary Harris. I love Gary Harris for the Nuggets. I don't know what he's going to do for the Magic. I'm not exactly sure. They blew it up over there. So I can't really say that he made that I, team better. I think he does. But Andre Drummond I, doesn't make our team better. When you have Montrez Harrell on the floor, he's going to be 6'9", and you have a real problem uh, defensively against centers. And Anthony Davis traditionally doesn't like playing center. Mm-hmm. He likes having a guy that can uh, bump with the bigger guys. And right. when, you have, when you have Jokic... In the same conference, you gotta have a guy that can at least defend him, and I think he's gonna add such a good rebounding presence. I mean, they're gonna have so much flexibility, is where I'm getting. I mean, you have Marcus Sol on the team, 
You have Montrez. Yes. So you have multiple guys Ooh, yeah, that play that. so different that it makes you more flexible. Like somebody goes small. Okay, we'll put Montrez Hill on the floor, and he's going to dominate them in rebounding category. Oh, they want to get physical. We're going to put out Andre Drummond, and we're going to put out mm-hmm. uh, Anthony Davis. And we're going to be huge. Oh, we're going to have a scoring battle today. It's going to be a bunch of points. Well, Marcus Hall can post up, and he can shoot a three. Like, I honestly think this Lakers team, when if they ever get healthy with LeBron and Anthony Davis, is better than last year <clears throat> because Dennis Schroeder's legit exactly what they needed. They, he's so consistent at giving you like 15, 14 a night. He can put pressure on the rim when LeBron's not putting pressure on the rim. He can also run the pick and roll, and he's just hes a perfect fit as a third option on that team. And I just i really feel like we got Kuzma, Caruso's playing really well, and then you add... Please don't mention Kuzma. <laughs> you don't like Kuzma? Then please don't mention Kuzma. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Do not yeah. mention that man. Do not <laughs> mention that man. You got the worst, brother. Caldwell Pope. <laughs> I mean, it's. I, I really like this team. <laughs> please don't. Oh, my Kuzma. goodness. You need to go ahead and give his ring. He's back. at least weak. <laughs> Oh At least, gosh. if nothing, he's a body on the floor. I mean, we could all be bodies on the floor. I don't know if we could be six eight, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're tall. What are you doing with that height? It's cool. It's cool. We're gonna leave it alone, Kuzma. You're a phenomenal basketball player in your own right. You know, I'm not gonna talk shit about you. <laughs> I'm gonna talk shit about Ben Simmons, but I'm gonna leave you alone for now. Because I should have, because we didn't have this podcast last year. If it was last year, I would have been very critical. But because it's not last year, I'm gonna leave you alone. All right, we will. uh, Let's transition to the Heat. The Heat getting all the people. All right. In my opinion, the Miami Heat are their seed is mm, a. it's just it doesn't represent who they are as a team. They're the sixth seed in the the East right now. So as as a team, their shooters like Duncan Ooh, Robinson, yeah. Tyler Hero, uh, Jimmy Butler, they're all shooting really poorly this season. I mean, guys that you know are going to shoot very well are just percentages aren't as high. So they have that that hasn't been going their way, and like. Bam's been out a little bit. Jimmy Butler's been hurt a little while. But you add Victor, Victor Oladipo to this team. It's starting to get a little crazy. You got Goran Dragic, Chris, not Chris Dunn. They're, uh, who's their, their backup point guard that was a rookie last year? He was really big. He had a great season. Uh, yes, Kendrick Nunn. It was I, Kendrick, I Kendrick Dunn. Kendrick Dunn. There's a guy from Providence named Kendrick Dunn. Okay, so you have Kendrick Nunn, and then at the shooting guard position, you have uh, Victor Oladipo. You got Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, small forward. You got Trevor Ariza. Yes, they traded for Trevor Ariza. 
You got Andre Godala, and then you have really Jimmy Butler, and then they have Bam. And the only hole here is okay. they just don't have much size on the team other than these guys. Like I thought, Lamarcus Aldridge going there would add some size, but I do worry about them facing a Joel Embiid and a Giannis from that standpoint. But, oh, my goodness, do they have a ton of talent. And they're obviously more talented la- than last year. So, I mean, that's what I, my take is right now. What do you think? <laughs> yes. Um, for the Heat, I think that they – I will agree with you when, it said, mm-hmm. when you said that their seed isn't reflecting them as a team because we've yes. seen them last year overachieve completely overachieve. I mean, when it comes down to, like, you were looking at the Heat, you was like, wow, they're exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. But you was like, I don't think they're going to go to the to the finals. You know what I mean? You was like, oh, they're going to definitely just be out soon. You know, it's kind of like watching the Nuggets. The Nuggets yeah, was exactly. the, I mean, the Heat was the East Nuggets. <laughs> you was like, they're just overachieving, overachieving, overachieving. Oh, crap, they got a game out of the Lakers. Oh, God, like, are they going to win? Like, we've seen this thing before. And then, like, to take the Lakers to a seven game, and then, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, come on now. Jeez. It was a six or seven. Was, <laughs> I think it was seven. I believe it was seven. I'm talking to myself. My bad. So, yeah, like, with Victor Oladipo, they definitely get better. They de- like they already had the pieces um, to make it this far, and now they have an extra piece. Because this is virtually the same team minus Myers Leonard, I believe. That's the one who got shipped off because he made um, a comment. I mean, uh, uh, what is the word for it? He made a, um, what is the word when you make like a hateful comment about Jewish people? Discrimination? No, but it's like a word for it. That was a big boy word right there, Chris. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. I was thinking of it. It was stuck in my head. But yeah, because he made that comment, they're just a little bit different now. But they still have. No, the they traded Kelly Olynyk to get Victor. On. They traded every Avery Bradley and Can Kelly Olynyk. Is something? Well, I mean, they still. Wow, okay, they are a different team, but I think they got better by getting getting Oladipo though, because even though Oladipo wasn't really performing in Houston that much, but you know. They still got better. They still have scoring. They have playmaking ability that they didn't have before. They they kind of like they didn't fill a hole because they still like you said they don't have size. They mm-hmm. don't have any size. Like the biggest person on the court is pretty much Bam. That's that's pretty much it. But Bam allows them to play small, which allows them to play fast, which allows them to get more shots up and to be more active. They're definitely a run and gun team. They they're not really like a set play. They look like. You like you even seen it last year a little bit like Tyler Hero come down the court, Duncan Robinson come down the court, quick pass mm-hmm. to the Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson, quick three, go back up the court. It's kind of like a quick, fast paced style of basketball that works for them. So I feel like not getting Lamarcus Aldridge is good in a way because it doesn't because if they would have got them because you said before he has like an old man mm-hmm. game, he's like he like slows the game down. That doesn't match their play style. 
they need people who can run up and down the floor, get up and down the floor. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Get back on defense um, and make a play. I do only have one. Like when I think about it, it just doesn't add up. So you have to play Goran Dragic, right? And you have to get Trevor. Re- yeah, you have to get Trevor Reza on the floor. You got to get Andre Iguodala on the floor. So like Victor Oladipo can only guard the one and the two. Tyler Hero can only guard the two. Duncan Robinson can only guard the two. Like, and Kendrick Nunn can only guard the one. My problem here is how are you getting all these guys on the floor? Yeah, because you don't have any size. That is, that is, that's a good question. How do you get these guys on the floor? And for that, I don't have an yeah. answer because, like, it's how do you? I mean, I guess you can. Well, the- you can move Trevor Reason to like the three. But I mean, what you're just deep. That's 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 the main thing here. They just got depth because you have you can you can start Oladipo at the PG or at the shooting guard, and then you can move Chris Chris I mean, Kendrick Nunn in either at the point guard or the shooting guard, or you can put Drogic at the point guard, and then you can like slowly incorporate these players in. So like you you get deeper on the bench, but you get better as well because you don't know who's gonna come up. Because if you mm-hmm. start somebody, somebody's better is coming off the bench. You see what I'm saying? Like if you start Goran Dragic, Kendrick Nunn coming off the bench, it's as you know, it's not that he's better than Goran Dragic, but that's a that's a yeah. that's another good player that you can put on the floor who's gonna get you buckets. You start Victor Oladipo, you know what I mean? Then you can get somebody else off the bench who's gonna give you buckets. Iggy may be old, but he's not done. He still can play Finish defense at high yeah. level and score when need be. So that's still defense. He can finish, so that's still defensive defense and scoring off the bench. And that's championship-level yeah. defense and scoring off the bench because he has range. I, he, and he's also a final MVP, <laughs> by the way. Uh, no, no, Chris, you didn't know. For every four years that LeBron James loses an NBA Finals, every fourth year, the person who guards him gets the win the MVP. It's <laughs> 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 so crazy. I don't want to get into that because it's not. That's so old. That's just uh, Andre Iguodala has a Finals uh-huh. MVP. Okay, wait. I'm going to do this real quick. This is called Who Has a Finals MVP? <laughs> Andre Iguodala has a Finals MVP and who doesn't? Okay, you ready? Oh, Andre Iguodala has a Finals goodness. MVP and Ben Simmons doesn't. Andre Iguodala oh, has a Finals MVP. You hit me ho- in my heart. And James Harden doesn't. James Harden won. You did that on purpose. <laughs> Andre Iguodala has a Finals Oof. MVP. Man. And Giannis doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Andre Iguodala has a Finals MVP, Ooh. and Dame Lillard doesn't. Andre Iguodala has a Finals MVP, and guess who else does it? Yeah. Russell Westbrook. Wow. <laughs> Andre Iguodala, 2006 Philadelphia 76ers. Andre Iguodala to 2015 Golden State Warriors. Andre Iguodala. It's crazy. <laughs> has a Finals bro. MVP. It's absolutely crazy. And so many other great players, does it? <laughs> I don't think so. Wait a second. Does Curry have a Finals MVP? I don't think he does. 
Clay doesn't either. At least Draymond well, doesn't. Andre Iguodala does. about that shit all the time. <laughs> true. 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 Wait a second. We can go even further back. Let's go back. Andre Iguodala has a finals MVP. And Vince Carter does it. Andre Iguodala has a finals MVP. Well, I mean, MVP. when he can't get out of the first round. And Tracy McGrady does it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's what I think about the Miami Heat. Uh, obviously, Spolstra is a great coach, so he's going to maximize. But I am worried. I'm yeah, I'm worried about them height wise, um, especially if they face the Seventy Sixers. I mean, geez, Ben Simmons is the same height as Bam and Abayo. Um. Well, he shoot from right underneath the rim. <laughs> you get All right. There. So the next, <laughs> the next trade is the uh, Rondo traded for Lou Williams and two future second round picks. These are two teams that I want to talk about too. So let's get it going. All right. Go ahead. You choose the team first, and then I'll talk about them. Because I, I want to talk about them both equally. All right. Okay, go ahead. So I was watching the Clippers play, and I was like, man. I actually texted you this. I was like, oh, my goodness. They literally got beat last year having two huge flaws. It is that Zubox is a backup center in the NBA. And they don't have anybody behind him to defend the rim. It is Patrick Peterson. Patterson, I think his name is Patrick Patterson. <clears throat> That's his center backup, who's yeah, a power. Patrick Patterson. Yeah. It's just it's terrible. They have no size for right. Anthony Davis, and you just got beat by the Denver Nuggets by Jamal Murray finishing around the rim all series, and obviously Jokic just scoring whatever he wants. And they just don't upgrade that. And then another obvious flaw was you have the ball in the hands of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard asking them to make passing and basketball IQ decisions, which is their flaw in their game. They are phenomenal Mm -hmm. scorers. They are both... Top ten scorers in the league. Okay, Honestly. they do, but you're distracting them and making them think about too much, not simplifying the game for them, and not maximizing the game for them. If you do not have a point guard that can distribute, and I know Lou Williams is a very good scorer, but he's not a traditional point guard. He's not going to get everybody involved. Patrick Beverly can't do that to save his life. And Reggie Jackson is a complete defensive liability, and he's not great at that either. Adding Rajon Rondo Chris makes the Western Conference Finals between the Lakers and Clippers phenomenal. I honestly, I'm going to have to watch a lot of games throughout the season to make a choice on who I think will win that series because, oh my goodness, is it perfect? I mean, you then you have Luke Kennard, who who makes sense now because 
He can run off those pin-down screens and be the spacing that Rondo can maximize. I mean, it's just everything makes so much more sense with Rondo at point guard. And the only thing they can do to screw it up is if they play him less than 20 minutes a game. If they try to make him into a backup point guard for uh, Reggie Jackson or Patrick Beverly, they will not They will not beat the Lakers. They, he needs to be playing 32, 34 minutes a night in the playoffs when it matters. And it's just, I hope they don't mess it up because I like watching good basketball, but that's what I think of it. What do you think? Yes. Playoff Rondo is a thing. Playoff Rondo is alive. Playoff Rondo is alive. We seen Playoff Rondo last year. And if Playoff Rondo, which is Rondo in general, shows up in any of these games, it's definitely a game changer. Because I will completely agree with you. One thing that we did not see mm-hmm. from the Clippers last year was any playmaking. Like, you watch the Lakers and you see LeBron's high IQ on display and Rondo's Even high Caruso IQ on pass. display, which makes the game easier for everybody. But it seems like the one thing as well, yeah. So, like, one thing that you saw with the Clippers was, like, it was kind of, it was, it was, they were scoring mm-hmm. a lot, they were winning games, but it was hard for them to make decisions. It was a lot of, it was hard, a lot of tough decisions to be made that Rondo kind of alleviates that stress from, from the rest of the players on the team. Because, let's be <laughs> honest, Patrick Beverly is known for being a chihuahua. Just really aggressive and short. Like, that's just basically it. Like, I mean, he's not short. Like, I'm shorter than him, of course. But you know what I mean? Like, he's just a point guard who's really aggressive. He's going to bark at you. He's going to get in your face. Yes. And he's going to play <laughs> 90s-style defense, whatever that yeah. means. Say it again. And who's going to, you know, whatever that means. <laughs> that, that's just what he is. 90s-style defense, whatever that means. You know what I mean? And no, I'm not hating. But anyways, and then Lou Will, he's gonna—he's the type of person he's gonna come off the bench and give you 25, mm. I mean 20, yeah. 20 to 25 points off the bench. So they really were, but these aren't playmakers. Not Patrick Beverly for one. He's just gonna be—he's gonna—he's yes. gonna play some defense. He might hit one of nine threes, and that's it. Lou Will is gonna come up and he's gonna cross you up and finish. Mm. He's going to finish, he's going to shoot, he's going to maximize his ability. Exactly. He's going to be as effective as he can on the court, but he's not mm-hmm. making decisions. They had no decision makers on that team. None. No decision makers. The reason why Kawhi was able to be so effective in Toronto was because he had Kyle Lowry and he was a decision maker. He's not a decision maker on the level of Rondo, but he's a decision maker. And mm-hmm. Fred Van Vliet, I would give him more of like you the score take role. That back to the Spurs, Kyle Lowry made Parker. the decisions. Yet, you can go even further. Tony Parker, Tony Parker, listen, (laughs) was making decisions on that team. So so that allowed Kawhi to be more effective because all he had to do was just worry about ball, hole, hole, ball. That's all he had to worry about. Exactly. (laughs) That's all he get. When he can just worry about that, then he's the most effective player on the floor because he's going to give you buckets. How are you going to stop him? Look at the size of his hands and his wingspan and how he's just like a silent assassin. Like, we want to talk about Tim Duncan being a silent assassin. Yes. This man doesn't say anything. He says even less than Tim Duncan. How is that possible? All he does is walk. All he do is run up and down the court, grab rebounds, and score, and run on the other side, play defense, mm-hmm. steal the ball, and yes. run back down the court and dunk. He dunks and shows no emotion. How does that happen? Anyway... <laughs> I'm stepping off a soapbox on that part, just being funny. But 
adding Rondo to this team exactly. makes it so much better. It kind of, I mean, even though you don't have like two big brains on the team, mm-hmm. adding Rondo might just yeah, be I enough to get agree. the It's going to be a great conference finals between those two if they both are healthy and none of the other good teams in the West pull an upset like they did last year. <clears throat> Yeah, we're not even talking about Paul George yet because that's a three and D. Like when Paul George is on, he's on, and when he's yeah. off, he's off. It is he's sad the most though, consistently inconsistent player in the NBA during the bubble, though. So I, I, I hopefully that changes for him. I mean, listen, we're all going through a pandemic. I'm not excusing it. I'm not trying to, you know, dump on him or anything like that. But we're all going through a pandemic. We always going. We're all going through something. We're all experiencing mental health issues. You know what I'm saying? So. Shouts out to him for even, you know, putting that on his form, yeah, you know, in the media that, that he was having trouble with that. I hope he gets better. All right. All right. I've been, been waiting now. to talk about this for <laughs> so long. Trey Young. I, this is my, this might be one of my favorite teams to watch in the NBA. Obviously, watching Trey Young, very fun. Trey Young got robbed in an all-star. The guy was averaging 29 and like 6 and 7. Didn't make the all-star team. How? How does that even happen? <laughs> it's yeah. so crazy. I we I could really talk about that for way too long. Um, so they're the five seed in the East right now. And I'm going to read this off to you because I don't think people understand how deep this team is. Okay, they got Bogdan Badanovich, Clint Capella, John Collins, Chris Dunn, Danilo Gallinari, Solomon Hill, Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, Tony Snell, Lou Williams, Trey Young, and their fourth pick in the draft, who is a power forward center, kind of built like Bam Adebayo, Onyeka Ongogbo. In my opinion, this is the deepest mm. 1 through 10 team in the NBA, talent wise, consistent talent wise. It is extremely impressive. Okay. What really is surprising to me is that DeAndre Hunter, when he came out of college, I thought everybody knew that he was a defensive guy. But I thought it would take him four or five years to develop his offensive game. Chris, before he got hurt, he was averaging 17.8 points a game. He is a legitimate slasher and finisher. John Collins dropped like 38 the other night in a game. Yeah. He's a legitimate slasher and finisher. And then you add Bogdan Badanovich, Darnella Gallinari. Mm-hmm. Their wing scoring is ridiculous. Cam Reddish isn't even on the floor. He's hurt right now. And then you pair that with Clint Compella re- rebounding-wise. And you know how much I love Nick McMillan. I mean, the fact that he got fired for the Indiana Pacers is ridiculous. I mean, he's been a part of this run that they had. They had won eight or nine straight straight games. Is They're actually playing defense now, which is scary. Because when you think about this team, you would think, oh, they're just going to score a bunch of points. Yeah. No, they're playing real defense, Chris. I mean, Oneka Ongaku is really nice. Him coming off the bench, he's going to be really nice. At the very least, you're going to get athletic defender and rebounding. At the very minimum. And you pair that, it's just, they're playing so well together, and 
I honestly think if the East wasn't ex- extremely loaded, like I'm going to talk about later, they could make a push for an Eastern Conference Finals game. Like, they could push for this making an upset on a team. Like, if I had to choose between them and the Boston Celtics right now, I would choose them in a heartbeat. Like, it's impressive. And you know who they look like? The Warriors before they won rings. Oh, and I also forgot that you know why? Guess who their guess who their GM is from? Their GM is from the Warriors. He came to the Hawks before they drafted Trey Young. He has built this team slowly. Trey Young is the closest player in the league to Steph Curry. They have a bunch of wing guys that can go get a bucket by driving and play defense on the wing. And they have an impactful foreman. Obviously, Draymond Green and John Collins are two different guys. Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter can run those off the screens that they run off ball for Clay Thompson. And he's a phenomenal shooter. He's one of the greatest young shooters in the league. I mean, he starts over Bogdan Badanovich. That tells you how solid of a shooter Kevin Herter is. Like, it's they're impressive, man. They're really impressive. I enjoy watching them so much. Oh, and you also have Lou Williams now coming off the bench when Trey Young's off the floor to get that point guard score. One thing about Trey Young that we don't really um, pay attention to is, yes, he's a scorer. He can shoot from long distance. He's kind of mm-hmm. more Stephen, Stephen Curry-like, but he's yes. also a playmaker. He's also a decision-maker. He's also a pretty great passer. Like, if you look at... He, these games, he's making yes. some amazing passes to his teammates. He's getting them involved. This is what this is what he brings to the table besides scoring. So yes, this team is maximizing their potential, and they have one of the best coaches, the better coaches in the NBA, at Nick Millen. That's the one of the coaches who, during the Indiana, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, he's the ones who had a consistent finals. I mean, not finals, playoff appearance, but he yeah. just went against LeBron James and yeah. the stuff you can he, do. He, he, yeah, he, he took over after Frank Vogel from uh, the Rory Hither era, but when they had, I mean, they've been making the playoffs really consistently with teams that are less than. So it's, I really, I feel like there is a, I feel like, I don't know if GMs can't see it. Or fans can't see it. I don't know what it is, but I feel like teams are too early to pull the coach that has maximized the talent on the team, thinking, okay, we're going to go to a new level, and then they'll fall down. Like, I forget what what coach they fired, but the Sacramento Kings were making a playoff push a couple years ago. I think it might have been Dave Yoger or something like that. And... They fired mm-hmm. that coach the year after, and they haven't been close since. It's just like things like that really bug me. It's just it makes me so, like Nick Millen should have a job. It's just ridiculous. I'm so glad he does now. <clears throat> yeah, As you like I say he's one of the better coaches in the NBA. You know, a lot of times what happens is fans and front offices aren't patient. They're not willing to wait it out and see what the coach can do, get a couple seasons on their belt, and then let them continue to build and grow with the team. you quick to put it because everybody wants to win now. That's why you see teams like the Brooklyn Nets. It's not really about Steve Nash, even though Steve Nash, I'm pretty sure he's a great coach. But it's more about the players on the floor. They put the yes. players around him yes. and says, like, you have no excuse. You have, you're going to win. You know and what he I mean? has Mike Dyktonis. Yeah. 
Like Kyrie and Katie mm-hmm. wasn't enough. And yes, Mike D'Antoni. Like Think about that for a second. It's just we're just in the the league has become a a a, a series of impatient men. Who just want to win now? I mean, I get it. Winning now is important. Getting that championship is important. Hosting that trophy is important. Is important. Mm-hmm. But letting the coach grow okay. with the team is even more important. I mean, like it's not like you have Mike yeah. Brown and you're just and LeBron's your best player on the floor. You know, Mike Brown's a horrible <laughs> coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. He had enough tries, and they keep bringing him back. That's besides the point. But they kept bringing him back until he finally went to the Warriors and a couple other places before that. But. Come on now. You have to have a coach who can maximize the potential. The coach creates the system, builds the system, and lets the team grow in the system to know the system. That's the yeah, job of the coach. coach. And it, you, can't, you can't take a coach and remove him from the system and then put another coach in there who's going to teach a whole new system. Yeah, definitely. Probably, yeah, definitely not. And then expect the same results. <clears throat> So the uh, the next trade we have is uh, the Portland Trailblazers getting Norman Powell for Gary Trent and Rodney Hood. Did you know Norman Powell had a stretch of averaging like 25 points per game when C- uh, Siakam and Kyle Lowry weren't on the floor? That's really impressive, right? So he's he is having a phenomenal three-point yeah. shooting year. And he's he's definitely has that threat, and it's a very big upgrade. He's going to start for them, in my opinion. Um, and in my opinion, I think this Portland Trailblazers team is the best Portland Trailblazers team that has involved Damian Lillard. I mean, they're really deep, but the what they're not showing right now is they're not playing as good of defense because they don't have Nurchik or Zach Collins. So it's only Enos Cantor who they usually only use in certain situations in the playoffs because he's a defensive liability. So I I really think, I mean, them adding Robert Covington in the offseason is extremely helpful because they do need a defensive-minded wing that can hit threes. I mean, I really think that this, this version of the Portland Trailblazers is the best version that Damian Lillard's ever had. What, that's That's what I have to say. What do you think? I would agree. I would agree because what was the problem with Dame Lillard was that he had consistently good teams, but he was never he, he always had a hump every year, a hump to get over every year. Like when you thought because he first he beat the Nuggets and then he lost to the Nuggets, and he was like, you still have that hump to get over. And I think this help this this adding these pieces, you know, Norman Powell. That's more scoring on the floor. That's now you have Dame who could put up fifty, CJ who could put up about. 30 to 50 points, and now you have a, another 20 mm-hmm. to 25 points that could possibly come off the bench or maybe even start. So that's just adding more scoring and more ability on the floor. So now you might, so now that 25 points is 25 unscored points that you didn't have last year. Then now you have 25 score points this year. So now that makes a big difference when it comes to playoff time. Because now if Norman Powell, who can, if he can step up to the plate, now that's 25 points that you have on top yeah. of whatever you're scoring. So now you have three people to worry about. It it doesn't necessarily make it a big three, but it adds yes. that little it exactly. adds a little bit of extra to that dynamic duo. So the uh, the other trade 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Rodney Hood looks like a moose. So. You remember when he was on the Cavs <laughs> and he like couldn't get on the floor? He was terrible. <laughs> yes. But he was he was he was okay with the Utah Jazz. It's just like I guess so certain players just aren't great with the Cavs. I mean, get the cat but the Cavs are doing good actually yeah. right now. So I will yeah, applaud them. 17 wins. Applaud Ooh. them for sure cuz they're doing better. <laughs> They did get rid of Kevin Porter Jr. Like, like he's like what? I mean, like I get it, he's a guard, but he do. He should have stayed on the Cavs. I know, understand? You have the little altercation, blasey, blasey, blah. But listen, Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah, he can. Get ball. So the Seventy uh, Sixers got George Hill. Okay, that is the uh, addition. I think it's really good for them because. Uh, it gives them another because though they were rotating uh what's Steph Curry at a point point guard when they take out Ben Simmons even though Steph Curry starts for them, um, JJ Barea oh Seth and JJ Barea wrong team wrong we're team, talking wrong about team, the 76ers. Team, what's the Steph other, what's the other guy's 76ers. name? Uh, shoot, I can't think of his name. Yeah, we're talking about Danny Green. Yeah, Seth Curry. No, what's I mean, the, other, what's the other point guard? Is I, can't, on the I can't think of his name right now. Oh, they have, they have uh, that Ooh. young first round draft pick <laughs> from like Kentucky, who's pretty nice. I can't think of his name right now. You didn't know if T.J. McCollum was on the Pacers, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch the Sixers. I don't watch the Sixers because okay, it makes me upset. You, you don't watch, I don't the, Sixers. watch the Sixers. I'll, I'll break them down for you, okay? All right. I love the 76ers. <laughs> I think they're perfectly built. I also, also think, well, this is, here we go. You I don't ready like for Ben this? Simmons. Ben Simmons has never been better than he is this year. I'm ready. All right. Let it sink in, Chris. Let the toxins, let them them all. Here we go. All right. Ben Simmons is playing the best basketball I've ever seen Ben Simmons play because, one, top five best defender in the league. It's ridiculous. He is extremely impressive. But that's not what the point is. Ben Simmons, in the half court, used to look like a guy who was trying to do more than his skill set was. He was trying to score too much and like trying to force it on the rim and the ball was going through him and he was just it was forcing too much and acting like he's a Damon Lillard trying to score. Obviously he's trying to score from different positions on the floor. But right now his play is seamless with winning basketball. And what I'm saying by this is He's going to bring the ball up the court every single time. In the four, first four seconds of the shot clock, he's going to see if he has a lane to drive to the basket. He either goes and drives to the basket and he gets a quick, easy two points, or he rotates the ball around so they can go into whatever offensive set they're going to run. He does a lot of really good post-passing right now, okay? They love to use him in that action and have Steph Curry and Danny Green running in an off-screen on the opposite co- side of the court. And what's maximizing Ben Simmons, in my opinion, is that every single time on the floor, you have Steph Curry, Danny Green, 
Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons. I'm not Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. All those guys can shoot from three. You can get away with one guy that can't shoot from three in the NBA. So you add that all together, and I believe he's being completely maximized. The Philadelphia 76ers are the fast, the the uh, most heavily usage transition uh, offensive team in the league right now. So that's maximizing Ben Simmons in that area too because he's a phenomenal transition player. So all of those things are playing for him perfectly. You pair that with an offense that's built in the half court to give the Joel Embiid great ISO looks. I mean, the way they set up their ISO offense is great. I mean, they have... So if you imagine with me, Joel Embiid's on the baseline. Then you have Steph Curry, who's going to be in the corner. Tobias Harris is going to be on the wing. And then you're going to have Danny Green at the top of the key for spacing. And then they're going to have... Ben Simmons, where the center usually plays when they ISO, is at the dunker position. So the dunker position is on the opposite side, where if the player helps mm-hmm. off of Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons has an easy alley-oop or an easy pass to an easy shot. Like, it's it's completely set up perfectly. Doc Rivers is doing a phenomenal job in the modern NBA running the offense around the center. And Tobias Harris is taking good shots by that I mean, match his game. He's taking a lot of mid-range shots, a lot of post-fadeaways. He'll take some threes sometimes, but he's playing his game. He's being completely maximized to what? Jay. <laughs> you mean great value, <laughs> Jay, though. Jay, cool. <laughs> Is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You add that all in together and you get a phenomenal team that's going to be a real problem in the playoffs. I mean, you add uh, Great Value, J. Cole, to the team, too. I mean, geez. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's what I think. What do you you think? Oh, yeah, you said you haven't watched him play yet. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Ben Simmons sucks. <laughs> you get out of your system after me talking about Ben Simmons well for five minutes, right? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yes. I just had to say it. Ben Simmons sucks. I don't care what nobody's saying. How are you going to be in the modern NBA and can't make a shot? I'm sorry, but in a three-point dominated game, it's three-point dominated. Mm-hmm. You see Dame Lillard pulling from the logo. You see all these shooters around. And you can't hit a simple, like, it's not simple. I'm not, you definitely have to practice it for sure. It's a three pointer. Mm-hmm. You have to practice your mid range, you have to practice all these shots. They're not simple shots. They're not. It's not. The yeah. easiest shot you're going to probably get is a free throw, honestly. But if you can't make a, any kind of shot, how are you, you? You can't stretch the floor. I mean, you're at this point, you're just a big who can I control the ball. But uh, I know you have to get out of your system. At least once a day. <laughs> I, I do have to get it out of my system once a day, and I'm not going to stop there. I'm also going to say oh, that go. Giannis is just a glorified Ben Simmons. Oh, now I'm right. done. <laughs> all he does is runs and dunk. Oh. Runs down the court and dunks. Run, dunk. You want to know that? Run dunk. You know what? That is a good Run, one. Dunk, that's, dunk. A, that's a good segue. Run, let's, jump, let's, dunk. let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. 
I think the Milwaukee Bucks okay. are better than last year. Adding Drew Holiday as a third option is real for them okay. because Chris Middleton, Middleton can disappear sometimes in the playoffs as a second option. It's just too much of a load for him. So when you add Drew Holiday from a scoring perspective, it really works. And obviously, you know that I think Drew Holiday is the greatest guard defender in the league. I think that because Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant, and J.J. Riddick said it all on podcasts that I listened to. So <laughs> if they say it, yeah, I think it's true. He's completely, I mean, the fact that people think Patrick Beverly is better than him, come on now. But uh, <laughs> he just has a big bar. He's a no chihuahua. Bite. Chihuahua. <laughs> 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 he's really aggressive. That's yes. it. He's just yes. aggressive. He's I mean, aggressive. You add that short. defensive That's element it. is with Giannis. It's extru- you have two of the top five defenders in the NBA on the same team. It's, it's really pr- impressive. I really like that team. Dante Divincenzo is really nice as a fourth option. Uh, scoring ability is really good. They got wing shooters. Uh, PJ Tucker is going to be really good off the bench, guarding people, playing defense. So I, you, we all know Brooke Lopez. And I also think Giannis is a little scary. This is why I think Giannis is scary. He's starting to shoot post fadeaways from about 12 to 10 feet out. And if those start falling, Chris. Wow. Yeah. If Giannis can develop. If Giannis can develop. I mean, we did see Giannis shoot. The ability. To score one-on-one consistently, he is going to be the best player in the NBA when KD's time is up. We did see a little glimpse of that a little bit during the All-Star game where he was hitting threes, <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, this man can finally yes. shoot? Like, oh, my God, like, this is a problem now. <laughs> But I will stick to my. That's enough praise for him. I'm sticking to my original comment that <laughs> he's a glorified Ben Simmons. Run okay. dunk, dunk, jump, run, dunk. All right. The next next trade is the uh, one that I know you're excited about. Aaron Gordon, the Aaron Gordon trade to the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> oh my <laughs> yes. gosh, Aaron Gordon to the Denver Nuggets. Okay. This is not any secret. Okay. Maybe it is. But the Denver Nuggets is one of my favorite teams in the West. One of my favorites. I mm-hmm. love Jamal Murray and Jokic. I love that dynamic mm-hmm. duo. And I'm a little bit sad to see Gary Harris go. But I'm not sleeping on Aaron Gordon. Because that adds a level of athleticism that was not currently there. I mean, like, not saying that they have, like, a... That, and that gives them a little bit more speed for their running gun he may not be i'm not sure how good he is with shooting right now because i haven't really watched any games from the magic but i was you know i know that he's athletic i know that i watched a couple of games from the magic i know Mm -hmm. he's not technically a leader but he will slip into that spot seamlessly of gary Harris, and he's gonna make that team a little bit better and like i said i love the nuggets i do i do jamal murray is underrated point guard Jokic is definitely a great center, power forward, like awesome. He's an amazing passer. He can score. He he can be he can step into the leader role. That pick and roll with Jamal yes. Murray and Jokic is yes. definitely deadly. That's amazing. a deadly pick, pick and roll. 
Yes, and exactly. Jamal Murray is a bucket. He can get a bucket whenever. So they had a whenever. flaw. I love the Nuggets. After they, uh, Jeremy Grant, I think his name is his last name is Grant. He he went from he went from the Nuggets to the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, Jeremy Grant. Oh, he's free agency last season. <laughs> so they've had oh. the flaw of having old Paul Millsap on the floor with his old man feet. Who should be coming off the bench because they had to put him on the floor because you got to put the money on the floor and you're paying him a bunch of money. And it's the end of his contract. It's coming up soon. So they're going to move on from him. But what this does is Aaron Gordon is a much, much, much better defender at the power forward position at the very least. So that's going to help be harder for teams to expose that flaw in the playoffs. Definitely, and Aaron yes. Gordon is also a oop threat, so like he can catch a lobs. So he's a lob threat. So like you, you can catch him on the back. I mean, on the um, yeah. back screen, cutting back door, throw him a lob. And yeah, I think he points. is a pretty solid floor space. He's gonna go get it. Um, they also are the Orlando Magic got R.J. Hampton, who has a, a lot of upside in that trade. I'll just say that. Yeah. So the uh, I love the Nuggets. The next trade is the uh, Boston Celtics getting Evan Fournier. We'll be quick on this. I Obviously, when you add a player at the Evan Fournier's talent, in theory, it should help the team. But do you want me to talk about the Boston Celtics? Because this is going to transition to something I have to say. I... Okay, think go ahead. Start with it. that the Boston Celtics are one of the most poorly poor built teams in the NBA, and they show a huge flaw in the way people view basketball. Are you ready for this? So, mm. if you're a GM, all right, Christopher Muhammad, the GM of the Boston Celtics, you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown scoring wings. Got it. Yes. What kind of point guard are you getting? I know you do it. Somebody who can play make, who can facilitate, who can space. I mean, not somebody who can play make for them, who can floor, who can be a floor general, who can get them open shots, who can, even though they can create shots for themselves, but you need somebody else on the floor who can get everybody involved, make people better. That type of point guard. You might, and he, at least he can score as well. So that's what I want. If you have scores, exactly. I don't want scores on the wing. You want somebody who can. Why in get the world the do ball. you give a bunch of money to Kemba, Kendall, Kemba Walker? Yes. What is Kemba Walker, Walker is good at? <laughs> exactly. So when the guy with the ball, He's a sixty percent of the time, is looking to score, when your team is built and the team's strength is we have great wing scores. It defeats the purpose of having great wing scores, especially when they have a center position so depleted that Robin Williams might be starting until Tristan Thompson gets back. Do you know who Robin Williams is? Robert Williams? Robert Williams. Yes. No, who's that? Yeah, oh, he's 6'9". He's pretty Robert decent. Oh, he's pretty decent. You're going to have Tristan Thompson battling with JoJo in the East? Uh, I don't think so. Like, it's just they. No, not at a all. A lot of people make the mistake of 
oh, we're getting an all-star caliber player. We have to add it. And they don't think about the team dynamics. And even when you add Evan Fournier, I mean, you already have Marcus Smart. You have to give Jason, uh, not Jason, Jason Tatum and Jalen. Jalen Brown's a two guard. Like, Jalen Brown needs minutes. Who is Evan Fournier coming in for? Why would you, why would you, yeah. why would that be the guy you want to trade for? Why are you not trading for a power forward or a center? It's just, they're, they're just so poorly built. It just makes me really sad, honestly. Because Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are phenomenal. They are phenomenal. And <clears throat> I completely agree with you being poorly built because I never really... It's great that you say that because I never really even thought about it that way. I was just thinking like, okay, mm-hmm. they got a little bit better because they got kept up. Actually, they have not gotten better. They haven't. They got extra scoring sometimes because no. evidently he's not as consistent as he was with the Hornets. But... I mean, listen, you need if – if I'm in that front office, like you just asked me, I'm getting a playmaker. We need somebody yes. who can distribute the ball, yes. get the ball onto the scorers who's going to put up 30 to 40 points a night. I mean, 20 to 30 points a night. We need somebody who's going to get them the ball. They are going to get us to the promised land. We have a dynamic duo yes. in, you Celtics, have a, in the Celtics. We have a dynamic duo. Yes, you have a star and an all-star level We player. have Jason Tatum. we have Jalen Brown. It's not that complicated. Exactly. All you have to do is get them the ball, and they will get you to where you need to go. You don't need maybe no. you don't even have look. You don't even need a point guard who's going to give you twenty points a night. That that's a good plus. As long if he can if he can distribute and he can get twenty, that's fine. Yes. But if he can distribute and get you ten to fifteen, that's even better. Yes, so true. And then you can spend that money on a power go. forward, on size of center, you know, on guys. Maybe you have a lob threat for that distributing point guard. You know what I mean? It's just. Yeah, I'm so glad we talked about this. I can get it off my chest. If you... For sure. If you wanted yes. to Kemba, you have to change the whole dy- dynamic of the team. You have to change the team because clearly what happens is there's a lot of ISO scoring. Jalen Brown comes up. I mean, he gets the ball in his hand and he ISOs. Jason Tatum ISOs. They're not move- looking to move the ball. They're looking to score points. If you want the ball to move more, then you need to make the team to... Fit that dynamic. If you want a run and gun team who's going to move the ball and get people involved, and everybody's going to score, everybody's going to score twenty points and stuff like twenty to 15, 15 to twenty points a night. You have to make the team dynamic. That the team dynamic Honestly, is not that. With all the picks that they have, I would send whatever I could to get Shea Gilgis Alexander on that team. They had Shea Gilgis on that team. Please get Shea Gilgis Alexander. He would be perfect. That kind of guy. Oh my. Wow. Wow. See, that's the thing about basketball. Sometimes the perfect system and the perfect team fit brings out the best in players. Like Draymond Green. Draymond Green is an all-star level player for the Golden State Warriors. You put him on the Orlando Magic... He is a 15 to 10 points a game scorer. We don't know who Draymond Green is. The reason why Draymond Green is so special in the Golden State Warriors, let's just use the offense, is because he pushes on the fast break. He gets the rebound, he pushes on the fast break. 
oh, we need a big that can push on the fast break and dribble so that you can be scared to death as you have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson coming the wing, and the guy guarding the rim has to make a choice. Then you have their actions. They run a lot of off-screen actions, mm-hmm. and they want their bigs to pass the ball. Other than Jokic, who's a better big passer than Draymond Green? Exactly. Sometimes. There isn't one. Actually, a lot of the times, fit really matters for those role players, the guys who aren't the top 20 NBA players in the NBA. And I I just want to talk about that for a little bit. I think we're probably going to actually have a future podcast about that. So. For sure, yeah. <clears throat> role players and fit makes a big difference in the NBA because it creates yeah. because it, you have to get a player who fits the dynamic of the team. Everybody is in a Swiss Army exactly. knife with LeBron James. You can't just put everybody in the system and hope it works. <clears throat> All right, let's let's move to the last trade before we go through the teams quickly. The Bulls trade for Nikola Vucevic and Al Farouk Aminu for Otto Porter, Wendell Carter Jr. Oh my I love this trade. Oh my gosh. Yes. I do too. It makes them so much better. And literally, literally, okay, if you want to see how mm-hmm. to make your team better, look no further than I mean, Chicago Bulls. Go ahead. You get a low post score, obviously. Phenomenal three-point shooter. I mean, big roll between Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic is going to be absolutely insane. Zach Levine shoots a three much better than people think. It's not the same as when he was in Minnesota. And Vucevic is one of the better three-point shooting bigs in the league. Yeah. It's just a perfect fit. And Al Farouk Amino does the little things that lead to winning basketball. He is, yes. And he'll get rebounds, too. It's just, I love the trade overall. I love it when a, a franchise has a young star like Zach Levine. And they go get an all-star. Like, I don't know. Maybe somebody that had LeBron James for mm. seven years before he went <laughs> before he went to Miami could have thought of that. But um Yeah, I love <laughs> Wait, on that thought, pause real quick. Pause. Because Dan Gilbert the only All Star that LeBron James ever played next to was guess who the guess guess wait pause I'm gonna rewind Shaq. guess who's the only All Star that LeBron played next to before he went to the Heat oh, yeah, just right. guess I thought you I'll, meant like Mo Williams Mo Williams was the All Star yes. that he played next to before he went to the Heat <laughs> yeah, think about that for bad. a second Mo it Williams so bad oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Dan Gilbert, do the fuck better. Like you're do telling me better. you can't package like, five first round draft picks to go get somebody? Like, what are you going to use them on? They, they never hit on any of those draft anybody. picks. Anybody. None of them. Just uh, so annoying. We... <laughs> you're just stocking draft picks just in case LeBron oh, left. <laughs> All right, let's. Hmm. Wait, and with one of those draft picks, the they goat, got Anthony Bennett. <laughs> 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 number one. <laughs> All right, let's try to run through these one. teams 
as quickly as I as we can, okay? Um the Knicks okay. the Knicks are like the five or six seed. It Tom Thibodeau is doing a great job of bringing the young guys, making them play really hard. Obviously, they're not going to be a playoff threat, so I, I, I feel like leaving that is fine. Are you cool with that? Julius Randle, by yes. the way, I do want to give a quick shout out to him. He is playing phenomenal this season. Definitely, you are definitely, definitely, definitely stepping up. You, see, this is one thing, and I hate to hit on this right now, but we'll talk about this later on in a future podcast. But this is one thing that the NBA fails to do: they fail to believe in the players in the league. They're so quick to call somebody a bust because they're not showing up right away. But if you give players time, they develop. They develop and they become great players. Look at Brandon Ingram. Develop, becomes a great player. Julius yes. Randle yes. develops and becomes a great player. Stands <clears> on. <throat> That's all I got to say. Yes. Everybody isn't, on, yes. Everybody isn't Adam Morris exactly. or Anthony Bennett. All right. The uh, next team is the Hornets. The Hornets are like the 4 or 5 C2. I, I only have one quick thing to say about that. I really think LaMelo Ball breathed life in that franchise. He has made playing basketball fun for everybody else around him. And I'm just glad that the Hornets are good. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what LaMelo Ball has to bring in the future. Hopefully he gets back healthy and that wrist heals. For sure, for sure, for sure. He definitely breathed life back into that team. They're actually having fun playing basketball. Gordon Hayward, you're seeing him step up a little bit because LaMelo is literally, even though he's a yes. scorer's type of point guard, he's definitely like making his team better. It's like I could see him being that. Exactly. They drafted him. He's definitely going to eventually be the The Wizards, I'll try to do this as quickly as I can, but I think everybody needs fired in that organization. I, You have, let's talk about this. I think Russell Westbrook <laughs> and Bradley Beal are a great fit. When you talk about him, Russell Westbrook puts pressure on the rim. He's a great distributor, especially from underneath the basket, kicking to the, the corner. Okay, he has a little bit of a post-up game. And he's not a great shooter, but when he's maximized and not trying to score a bunch, he's a phenomenal player, and he adds rebounding. You pair that with Bradley Beal, who's phenomenal coming off of screens and great individual one-on-one scorer. What, what a, does anything I just said line up? Do they do anything the same? Wait. Go back for a second. You said that do Russell Westbrook and Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill do anything the same? Yeah. Um, So I would say that the only difference between Russell Westbrook and Bill is that Russ is a PG. And that he's look he he even though he's scoring he can still get other people involved. But I, I'm saying what they do and the the spots they score from are completely different. Like if you have, that's that's what I'm getting at, and the way they impact the game is completely different. So I think the pairing of those two is phenomenal. You have two stars, and then you pair that with Rui Hachimura Mm. and. He's a pretty solid defender, a nice post scorer, has a good all-around game, can shoot the three a little. And then they have Danny Adavita, who can shoot the three a little, is like a kind of a young point-forward type of player coming off the bench. And then they have Thomas Bryant, who's hurt. And they have guys that you didn't even know were on the basketball game still on 2K. 
like Robin Lopez, the guy with the last name Yu, like Udo. Like, how are these guys still in the league? They are paying, f- they are paying fifteen million dollars. I didn't know that way. To Davis or Daniels, I don't. It's a European name, Bertans. The guy who used to be like the ninth guy off the bench for the San Antonio Spurs. All he does is shoot threes. Like, if you had that team, yeah. in 20 seconds, I could build that team with 3 and D defenders. It's so obvious. You need 3 and D defenders that can play with Russ, because Russell Westbrook is a good defender. So then you have a good defensive identity, and then you have three-point shooters for when he drives the ball and needs to kick. And all the proper spacing that you need in the modern NBA. And then you just need two bigs that can be lob threats and play defense. Like, it's not that complicated. I just... I don't get it. It's honestly, it makes me wonder about intelligence. It, are they stupid? Like, what's? I just, I, I feel like it's so obvious. Is it not obvious, Chris? I believe it's obvious. Um, but you know, listen, that's the problem yeah. with the front office. The front office can't get it right. You could actually maximize the potential of that team and make them into playoff contenders. I mean, if that team if was built the way the Phoenix thing. Suns are built, that team would be a conference finals caliber team. Like, just makes me so upset. Okay. I try to make that as quick as possible, but wow. All right. Um, the yeah. next one is... No point in talking about the Raptors, Cavs, Cavs, Magics, or Princeton's. Oh, I... Uh, the Pacers are like the eight seed. I love the way Sabonis plays. He's really aggressive at trying to score in the low post. I'm glad that a player like that is in the league right now. Watching him is kind of like watching a post player in the 90s. Uh, that's the only thing I really have to say. Do you have anything to say about the team? Mm. Okay. All right, let's go to the West. <clears throat> the Utah Jazz. The most overrated one seed I've seen in a while. Okay. I mean, it brings back the Atlanta Hawks memories when they had <laughs> Al Horford and Paul Millsap and Kyle Korver and Jeff Teague, and people thought that they were a great team until they got swept <laughs> in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they got spanked in the playoffs. For starters, in the playoffs. Rudy Gobert. Most overrated defensive big man in the league. How is the defensive MVP, the defensive player of the year, getting exposed every time that they get in the playoffs and they go in the pick and roll? How in the world is somebody that the teams offensively think, oh, I'm going to attack Rudy Gobert in the pick and roll. That's what we're going to attack. That's the game plan. That guy wins Defensive Player of the Year? What? I mean, he's great at shot blocking and being an interior force, but he's... It just makes me so upset. It, honestly, this this team, you watch him play, Donovan Mitchell's better than last year. He's playing more consistently. Uh, their coach is absolutely phenomenal. He's one of the... I can't... Dan Snyder, that's his name. Uh, one of the top five head coaches in the NBA. He's... Mm-hmm. He completely maximizes. It's just 
they're gonna get slapped in the West. It's 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 coming. Honestly, if they get the right eight seed, I wouldn't be surprised if they get beat in the first round. It's it's. I yeah. That, what do you have to say? What do you think? Um, I'm thinking that you saw Jazz is overrated. I will agree with you mm-hmm. with that because, like, the best player on the floor at all times is Donovan Mitchell when they're ever playing, and Rudy mm-hmm. Gobert isn't that much of a defensive force. Yes, exactly. All. Like, nobody's scared of him at all. Like, and we've seen, like, okay, when watching, okay, I'm going to go back a little bit. <clears throat> watching that playoff series between the Denver Nuggets and the Jazz, I was like, damn, like, the Jazz should definitely be spanking the Nuggets. It should be. I, like, even though I love the Nuggets, I do. But I was like, dang, like, this team is pretty good. Like, Donovan Mitchell is going to give you points, you know what I mean? And then he's the fact the leader and other people are going to score. And But I was like, but something is missing from this team. And this is why Jamal Murray is able to be as effective as he is. Jokic is able to be as effective as he is. Gary Harris mm-hmm. is able to be effective as he is. Jeremy Carroll is able to be effective as he was. Paul Millsap. Because there was literally no low post, I mean, like, defensive presence at all. Mm-hmm. Like, it was almost like... Yes, he wasn't there, and I was just like, "How could you be defensive player of the year and you don't, and you're not even, even you're playing defense, but it's not even a factor." One thing for sure, <laughs> yes, certain exactly. if Shaq is down there. You are scared to Anthony go. Anthony Davis place. down there, scared. You aren't. Yes. You're scared to go the yes. way. You're scared yes. to go that way. Completely JoJo's agree. down there. You're scared to go that way. <laughs> it's okay. Rudy Gobert down there. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's You're saying wee wee. All right. <laughs> uh, I really love Devin Booker. I've loved him for a long time. This team plays better defense than you think if you've never watched them play this year. They got Jay Crowder, Miles Bridges, who came out of the draft as a 3 and D guy. They got uh, the kid from North Carolina, Cam Johnson, coming off the bench, too. They just have like a never ending list of three and d guys and you're just like oh my goodness when when you like do they have a tree like out back are they growing these guys like what the heck is going on is it's really impressive i mean chris paul is has a nice little pick and roll with deandre aiden he's a real presence and he also has the deandre aiden is slowly becoming very proficient as a low post scorer he's averaging like 15 16 a night really solid player and i uh i love the way they're built they really play defense, and like I just said, 3 and D guys. Devin Booker is going to get you a bucket whenever he wants, and I, I I, love the way that they're built. Yeah. What do you think? I would agree with you with that. Um, Chris Paul is definitely one of those players in the league where you just like, yes, can exactly. you still play? And you're like, how are you still playing at this level? But he is still effective. Mm-hmm. Like, every team that he has went to, he has made them better. Every single team. Like, how you go to OKC after Russ leaves and you're still a playoff contender, kind of, sort of, like, and you just add Chris Paul to that team and, like, a couple of young pieces from the Clippers who you replace with Kawhi and Paul George. And you're like, wow, like, he's just making these teams better. And then him with, him mm-hmm. partner with Devin Booker is, I don't want to say this, you know, and don't disrespect to the great, late, great Kobe Bryant, but Devin yes, Booker exactly. moders, mod, 
models his game after Kobe. So it's kind of a similar, like a small glimpse into yeah. what it would look like to Not have CP3 and Kobe on the same team. Just a little bit athletic back then. Mm-hmm. Not prime CP3, yeah. But you, you get what I'm saying? Like just yes, a little exactly. bit because they, you kind of <clears throat> Devin Booker is going to give you buckets, and Chris Paul is going to want to make those hard decisions. He's going to play make, and he's going to get people involved, and that's what. He's going to pass the ball to Devin Booker, and Devin Booker is going to give you buckets. That's all you have to do. Mm-hmm. Like, with okay, with the Celtics, we were talking about earlier how there's no playmaking on the Celtics. You put a Chris Paul on that team? They're, what? Dude. A Chris Paul? Dude. Listen, that would be perfect. All he's going to do is he's going to get, he's going to maximize the potential of Jalen Brown mm-hmm. and Jason Taylor, just like he's maximizing the potential of Devin Booker. Maximizing. So, um... Let's go to the Dallas Mavericks. Watching Luka Doncic play is probably one of my five top five favorite watches in the NBA right now. He's just he's a magician with the ball in his hands, man. Ridiculous passer. Obviously can score. It's just so much fun to watch. Krista Porzingis is playing really great basketball. Really good three point shooter, obviously. Their pick and pop game is going to be phenomenal for as long as those two are healthy. Uh, they have still they still have shooters on the floor built around them. I they don't have many wing defenders. By that I mean I can't really think of any. <laughs> um, so I if they face up against the Clippers or the Lakers, they're go, they're going to get slaughtered. Uh, if they face a team like the Utah Jazz, they could give them pro- problems mm-hmm. because the Utah Jazz have Bogdan Badanovich, who's a better player than you think, but he's still a role player. He's still an okay third option. So, uh, did I say his name right? right? Bogdan Badanovich? There's, there's two. Yes. <laughs> How about... It's still too many Bogdanovic's <laughs> in the league, honestly. Uh, <laughs> Are they all related? So, yeah, that's okay. what I think about that. What do you think? <laughs> Dallas, Dallas okay. Mavericks. Dallas Don't Mavericks. shoot me, but what team are we talking about? <laughs> oh, okay, okay, no. okay. Luka Doncic? Wait, is, the, is Bogdan on that team? Wise, and I said is that their lack of wing defenders means they would get slapped by the Clippers, the, the Lakers. But against the Utah Jazz, they would have a chance. Oh, okay. For sure, for sure. Um, I like Luka a lot. I think that he's really... How do I put this? He's a a really good... uh, I feel like he could make, kind of, sort of, make the hard decisions a little bit. Um, he's, he's He's kind of like... I would my closest like comparison for him would be like maybe kind of dirt Dirkish because he's like slow methodical. He slows the game down, makes the game like come to him. You know what I mean? And then gets everybody involved a little bit. And he can he can make passes and things like that. Um, but far as like this year, I mean, I like the I love the pairing mm-hmm. of him and Kristaps Porzingis. I thought that that was just amazing to do so. Um, and I was waiting so patiently for Kristaps to become. Um, Healthy again, so I can see them play together. Because Kristaps in New York was phenomenal, and then slowly, yeah. And then like I really haven't seen much from him in Dallas. That I would say, it's it's not the same. Yeah, but definitely Luca. Luca can get him there. 
They, but they don't have any defenders. That's crazy. Did you bring that up? They don't have any defenders because they got rid of their three and D guys. Because well, they sent West. If I'm not mistaken, correct uh, me if I'm wrong. Yeah, they sent West Matthews to the Lakers. He's been the. I think they sent him not, to the. Yeah, they sent West Bucks, Matthews to the Lakers. And that was a three and D guy. Went to the, the Lakers in free agency. Yeah. Like they got rid of their three and D guys. Dorian they don't mean Smith, Tim Hardaway. They got a bunch of guards that can score. It's just how many guys can guard small forward position. Yeah. But I feel like if you have that slow, like methodical game, you need to somebody who's gonna like. You don't need people who's gonna run it down the court because you have, you're slow. You know what I mean? You got to set the plays and. Things like that. So yes. it's probably the team isn't built. Um, this, they can't I games. don't have much to say about the Spurs other than the fact that the Spurs are around the eight seed is ridiculous with how little talent that is on that basketball team. Greg Popovich is phenomenally amazing that I just need to use crazy words that make no sense just to try to explain him. <laughs> like he's just. He's so ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's all I have to say <laughs> about the the Spurs. They're not really going to go anywhere. They don't really have a, a young guy that's special to watch. But man, Greg Popovich can coach. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, Demar yeah, is he's, okay. He's, he's the best not, player. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Grizzlies. John Morant's obviously really special. Uh. I know you love him. Uh, other than that, I don't have. Oh, there's the just. There's not a ton of talent on that team. They're not going to be a great playoff presence. I'll let you talk about your man crush. <laughs> John Morant, like yo, I can't. I forget. I can't really put. I know. I, I can see his face right now, but I can't really think of like the other players on that team. But they're all like. They're, they have a nice young core that they can use that can eventually grow into something. Maybe not a finals contender right now, maybe with a couple extra pieces, but they have a nice young core. Like, you think about the way the team is constructed right now. Like, they're running up and down the floor. They're playing defense. They're getting people involved. They have Jaw to lead. And then they have, you know, it's just, I love that Grizzlies team. They're actually a special team. Like, the Pelicans are special. I think the Grizzlies are special yeah. as well. They just need like a couple more pieces. So let's uh let's get to the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, that's all Nico Mannion. People think about <laughs> uh, the fact that the Warriors <laughs> are battling for the eight seed without Steph Curry on the team for a little while is really impressive. Honestly, think Andrew Wiggins has never been playing basketball better than he is right now. He can really score. He's, his his game is really nice. Uh, James Wiseman. <sighs> James Wiseman one day is going to be one of the top five centers in the league. James Wiseman is legitimate. And it's scary to think about For what sure. he's going to be 60 games from now. And what's really scary is, honestly, if we get a matchup between this team and the Utah Jazz, I feel like... The Warriors would win like six games. Like, they're just, they have a lot of good wing depth. 
they have pretty solid uh a pretty solid bench. Guys like Amari Spelling, Kelly Oubre, uh I can't think of his name right now, but they have a guard that's pretty nice too. They they just have a lot going on and Steve Kerr's a phenomenal coach, so I really like this team. Yeah, Damian Lee is pretty nice, yeah. Yeah, my Damian Lee. That's Steph Curry's like cousin or something. Yeah. Not cousin, but like brother in law or something. I don't know. Alright. I feel like once Clay and Steph that come back, then they'll be a way, 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 way better team. But right now we're kind of just going through like the mm-hmm. injury where and everybody's like, oh, I don't really injuries. know what to do. <laughs> Remember that game of zones um, episode uh, where, where Jimmy Butler yes. took like Took like all of the lower nights and played against played against played against the starters. And it was like, "What are you doing, Andrew Wiggins? He doesn't have any heart." Against Minnesota, sad. Uh, <laughs> you talk about only one team can handle Jimmy Butler, and it's the Miami Heat. He is a not a fit anywhere else. Like he is. Yes. All right. I don't really He's have much rugged, to say about man. the Kings, the Rockets. Yeah. The yes. Rockets, what a fall from grace. What a fall from grace. All it took, like, they took your best player out of there. I mean, of course, you're going to not be so great, but they added John Wall and, like, a couple other pieces. But I mean, like, I thought that John Wall would probably be able to maybe maximize his talent, but they're just <laughs> on a losing streak right now. You know, I hope they get out that slump soon because I don't want, mm-hmm. you know, John Wall to be in charge of a burning ship. Yes. Because he's already pretty disrespected as it is. Um,. Okay, we have two more teams left. The Pelicans. I'll try to make this quick. I... Do you know who their head coach is right now? I'll make this easy. Stan Van Gundy. They brought him in this year. So, Stan Van Gundy's got a good name, right? You know that yeah. they're like the tenth, eleventh, twelfth seed in the West. With Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball's been what? hurt for a little bit. Steven Adams, Jackson Hayes, Eric Bledsoe. This team Josh Hart. This team is the twelfth or eleventh seed in the West. Alvin Gentry had this team in the bubble mm. playing well, playing for an eight seed without Zion Williamson for most of the season. And Brandon Ingram is not a star like he is now. Brandon Ingram gets the ball in the last five, last few minutes of the game. He is a bucket yeah. getter and he's a full fledged star. The fact that this team is not playing the way that they should be is reflected in the coaching, in my opinion. They moved on from Alvin Gentry too soon. Like I said earlier, these these coaches like Alvin Gentry yeah. maximize the team, and then the team gets distorted by the maximization and thinking, oh, we have a team that's t- so talented that we can move to another coach and this is going to flow. Alvin Gentry was playing a up and down pace. 
Makes sense, right, with Lonzo Ball, right? Lonzo Ball at the point? Right. Brandon Ingram finishing at the rim. Yeah, Zion Williamson is a extreme rim runner threat. Uh, Stan Van Gundy is an old half-court ball movement, player movement offense? What? How does that make any sense? It's a little methodical. It's just... Yeah. Uh, again, I, it's something I said earlier. It makes me so upset that a guy like Alvin Gentry is not the head coach of the Pelicans. He had a perfect style for that team. And now they're not playing that style. It's just not the same. The fact that you have Brandon Egram mm-hmm. and Zion Williamson not in the playoff race. Ridiculous. Yes. It took a young energy team and turned it into a man. Do you have anything to say before I move on to the last team? Love Pelicans, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they Still were fun to watch. Zion fun to watch. Really and... fun to watch. Yeah, like he—you see his numbers right now. He like has two games where he's like damn near playing, putting up forty points. I think it was like thirty-eight and 39, 39, 38 and fifteen, and like thirty-nine. Yeah, he's like really special. Or something like that. Really special. So, Outrageous. All right. Let's get to the last team. You ready for the same thing that we I've hit on earlier? The Minnesota Timberwolves. All right. Let's bring back GM Ooh. Christopher Muhammad. All right. This is don't think this yes, is sir. a trick question, okay? Let's say in theory, you have okay. one of the top three centers in the league. Who skill wise, mm-hmm. scoring wise, okay. is on par with the Nikola Jokic in a, I'm not going to say Joel Embiid, but just below that level. A 27, 28 points per game if he's maximized score. Mm-hmm. How are you building the offense? Okay. Around him. You put you make it so that he is getting the ball, he is controlling the 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 offense flows through him, just like how you would in a 76ers type of um type of offense. You want the the offense, you want the ball, you want all of the scoring to flow through JoJo. That's how you would set up Cat. You'll put shooters around him. So you're and saying you that you would not have a guard focused offense that is so lopsided that Malik. Beasley is averaging 20 points a game while Cat is averaging like 21 or 22. He used to be the sixth man for the Denver Nuggets. I am being 100% serious. They have Anthony Edwards, who is athletically like Dwayne Wade, and they don't play a half-court offense. I don't know. So why don't you, like, set the ball? (laughs) This is what I was thinking. Why? Please tell me why. It makes no sense. You maximize Cat. The you team, maximize Cat. You put the on, team like, is you built around. Cat. They have like six go-to. guys that are 
like six four, six six and under. It's built around D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Jared Culliver, and Malik Beasley. Okay, why are they like, <laughs> just like they probably are they gonna trade him? But I mean, and they have they have like no small forwards or power forwards like D three and D wings at all. It's just like a desolate island, a huge hole of emptiness. Like you need, you, if you want to maximize cat, you need to throw their offense through cat. Like yes. I said, you need three and D. You need playmaker. You need somebody who can get him the ball. Not somebody who's gonna look at him, see him open down there, yes. and take a wide and take a three, take a contested three. You don't need that. Like, are you trading cat? If you're trading cat, trade cat. Get a, get him out of there. Put him in a better situation. But if you're not trading cat, please maximize him. <laughs> don't let him go to waste down it's there. He's sitting down man, there waiting right? for the ball right now. Everybody, this is. This is code red, Washington Wizards. I'm going to say it again. Everybody needs fired. I don't care if it's the owner. I don't care if it's the man giving out popsicles in the game. Everybody needs fired, okay? (laughs) Fire everybody and hire me. Hire me. Let me get it done for you. Hire me, please. (laughs) So right, to our I can either have a uh, five-minute spiel on why I think the NBA has never been better having more com- more teams that can make the conference finals, or we can put that in a different podcast. What do you think? Mm, I feel like because we're running on the time here. Uh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll do it. Li- I'm going to list minutes. these. Teams that can make the conference finals. And let's say, let's put this in perspective. Charles Barkley okay. had a team with Dennis Johnson and some okay players to the NBA Finals. Let's use that level of team. I'm going to ask myself and ask you, do you think that this team is on the level of that team? Okay, you ready? Philadelphia 76ers. Mm-hmm. That team was way better. Like you, you just said that you didn't even know who else was on the team. So that made something right there. And you had Dennis Johnson plus Charles Barkley. I mean, the 76ers, Even though I mm-hmm. really, really, really do not like Ben Simmons, is <laughs> is better. It's just like okay, listen. You if you as long for even if you I haven't watched them from yes. what you have told me, they're maximizing their potential. They have shooters. They have Ben Simmons who can run the who can like point forward it and like distribute and make those hard decisions. And then you have Joel Embiid. Who's going to stop Joel Embiid? So you have maximized the potential of mm-hmm. the of the best player on the floor when you play a game. Exactly. And you've maximized the people <laughs> around him, the chess pieces. So that's all if right. Your best player is Charles Barkley. You're not beating the Sixers. <laughs> oh my God! That's not even uh, fair. Avengers. That's not I even mean. fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! No, that's not even the Avengers. That's like that's the look. Those are the Affinity Stones. Oh my goodness, Milwaukee Bucks. Yes. Ah, oh, that's not even close. To, are you are to we a team still that went to the to, NBA Finals? To, yes. To, to Charles Barkley. Oh my gosh! Listen. 
That team is way better. Like, think of it for a second. Your best player is Charles Barkley. <clears throat> I'm just going to just mm-hmm. throw it out there because you already mentioned mm-hmm. Charles, Charles Barkley. Your best player is Charles Barkley. They was an <laughs> NBA Finals, right? The best <laughs> player on the other team is leaps and bounds greater than Charles Barkley, and he's also taller than everybody on the uh, team. Great, great. And he can kind of shoot. That, that team's built perfectly around Giannis. Yes, but in the in that nineties, it wasn't really much. I mean, it was kind of super team, but it was more like dynamic duo or just one player who was like the star of the show. Like, if you just want to throw a star against a star, like there's no competition between Giannis and Charles Barkley. There's no competition against I mean, between Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, uh, and Charles I'm, Barkley. I'm there's no competition I'm between sorry. Seth Curry and Charles. I'll Barkley. take the round man and rebound over Seth Curry every day. Nice <laughs> brother, but over Charles Barkley any day. All right, let's go into the uh, the Atlanta Hawks, who I described to you go 11 deep. They're at least on that yeah. level, right? There's no competition. I mean, are you? Yes. Okay. Miami Yeah, Heat. there's no competition on that level. There's no competition. All right, so so there's, there's no competition. the 76ers, the Nets, At the Bucks, all. the Hawks, and the Heat. That's only in the East. Okay. The Utah Jazz? This is a close yeah. one. This is tough. Oh, this is tough. Um, I would say the fact mm-hmm. that they have Donovan Mitchell makes a big difference. Okay. Phoenix Suns will make a big difference in that series. Current Phoenix. You don't think they beat them? No way. No, I'm talking about the current day Phoenix Suns. Wait, do you think I they... said there's no competition. Charles, yes. At least beyond be that level. The... Charles Barkley's... Los Angeles Clippers. They'll beat them, yeah. Los Angeles Lakers. No question. They'll beat him. Like, <laughs> of course. It's, listen, if LeBron and AD come back, it's over. Nuggets. It's not even. It's a sweep. Yes, they have Aaron Gordon now, mm-hmm. who you say, and I and I will attest is a great defender. And then you also have that pick and roll between Jamal Murray and Jokic, and they both can shoot, and they both can hop in and out the pick and roll and get their own buckets. Like, yo. That that one two punch in Denver is something special and it's something to the be afraid best of. Damian Lillard team, yes. Not a quite There's no. There's no question. There's no question. You have logo Dame. He's one of the clutchest players in the NBA today. Plus, you th- throw CJ McCollum in there along with him. That's a dynamic duo, and they're going to drop. They're going to get exactly. thirty, maybe forty. Let's uh, let's go with the uh, Warriors. Healthy Steph Curry. Just Steph Curry. Anna Clay or just Steph Curry? Yeah, there's... <laughs> okay. Steph Curry by himself. Yeah. If we're just putting star against star, it's just too much for... So I just star. named one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve teams. There are 12 teams in the NBA 
that could be in mm-hmm. the conference finals. That have conference finals level NBA basketball teams. This is the best season, the most talented season of like quantity of talent to teams ever in the NBA. The only the only times you can come close to this is when they the Spurs, the Tim Duncan Spurs, the you had Dallas Mavericks with Dirk, you had the Phoenix Suns with Steve Nash, and you had uh Kobe Bryant's Lakers and you had Cleveland and Boston and Orlando in that era. That's that's the only thing that can come close to this. It's ridiculous how talented these teams are and that's all I wanted to say. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely the this is definitely one of the most talented areas of basketball right now. Skill wise, player wise, it's just yeah. You can't even compare old basketball mm-hmm. to new to this modern area era of the NBA. Alright, do you have anything else? Comparable. <clears throat> I do not. Alright. Well thank you for listening out. for the to the basketball addicts podcast. I am Jason Collins. All right. See you later. And I'm Chris Mohammed.